Today's scripture reading comes from John 4, verses 7 through 15. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in the third week of a sermon series called Diving In looking at stories of Jesus by bodies of water and seeing how through that story Jesus invites us to dive deeply in to our faith. The first week we went with Jesus to the Sea of Galilee and a story with the disciples on a boat and how Jesus invites us to dive more deeply into the peace that he offers in the storms of life. The second week, we went to the pool of Bethzatha with Jesus and see how he invites us to dive deeply into the new life and hope that he offers before we ever know his name. Today, we go with Jesus to a well of water. How will Jesus invite us to dive in more deeply to faith? today. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we meet you once more by the water. What will you show us today? How will you draw us in and draw us close and invite us to love you more and follow you more closely and become a disciple who is more and more genuine in following you. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our refuge, our Savior, our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever skipped rocks across the water? What about near a pond? How about at Mott's Reservoir, Abel Lake, Aquia Landing Park, along the Potomac? Where I grew up, my sister and I had two ponds in the woods behind our house, and that was something that we loved to do. We loved to go down to those ponds and skip rocks across the water. You probably know how it works. 
first you pick a body of water and then you pick a rock. Get one that's a little bit flat and then kind of lean to one side, hold your mouth just right. And with a horizontal position, you kind of let that rock fly tossed out across that body of water and you see it skip make these points of contact again and again before the rock then sinks in. And when it sinks, you get to see those ripples start to go out across the water from side to side. My sister and I love to count the number of skips, those points of contact to see how many we could get. And one of my favorite things to do was to watch that ripple effect when those waves first start to form and then they grow and grow and expand and spread and impact the entire pond. I love it. Jesus likes to play a game like this too, except that when he does it, he skipped rocks into the pool of a community. Although I still like to think that he and the disciples would skip rocks from time to time by the Sea of Galilee. And our story today from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, Jesus is skipping rocks, so to speak, into a community. And we watch then the ripple effect that occurs. Jesus starts by picking not a body of water, but this community. And his choice in this case is a surprising one. We tend to forget that if we've read the story a lot. The story simply says that Jesus travels through Samaria, which sounds harmless. But what? Wait. Jesus was a Jew and Jews did not travel through Samaria. Jews and Samaritans did not associate with each other. There was this long-standing antagonism. What would be like that today Cowboys fans, Washington team fans, or if you're a donut lover, would it be between the Dunkin' folks and the Krispy Kreme folks and 610 Donuts and Sugar Shack and Paul's Bakery, or is it Moe's versus Chipotle's, or maybe it's my high school versus any other high school out there, or the Penguins and the Caps? This was far more divisive than that. It was a deep-set, ugly, taut hatred and prejudice and division. This hatred or division went back hundreds of years. The two communities despised each other, cringed when the other was around. Jewish law had gone so far as to say that a Jew could not eat with a Samaritan or share dishes. It would have been contaminating. But Jesus is known for breaking cultural norms in order to make connections, points of contact with people. So he makes a choice, a relational choice, to go through Samaria that day on his way to Galilee. It is perhaps his first point of contact or skip along the surface of that community. He goes in the heat of the day to Jacob's well. He's tired 
and thirsty, and a woman comes up, a woman from Samaria, and she is about to draw water from the well with a jar. Jesus then chooses her for his conversation partner. It is, in fact, one of the longest conversations in this gospel. And as in last week's story, Jesus moves first in her life before she ever knows who he is. He asks her for water, which sounds harmless, but wait, what? Jews and Samaritans did not associate with each other, remember? Jews and Samaritans did not talk to each other. Jews and Samaritans did not share food, beverages, or the containers that held them, and Jewish men did not talk to women they did not know in public. Jesus is known, though, for breaking cultural norms, right, in order to build a connection, make a point of contact with another person. It's hard to count the number of norms he breaks in this one conversation. He chooses her for that second point of contact or like that skip along the water in that community. And it's an odd conversation. In John's gospel, Jesus makes a number of enigmatic statements and this conversation is no different. He talks about water that you can have that makes you not be thirsty again. And the woman says she'd like some of that so she wouldn't have to come to the well anymore. She doesn't understand. And then Jesus tells her to call her husband, which she doesn't have. She's had five husbands and is living now with someone who is not her husband. For hundreds of years, interpreters have judged her because of this line or two in the story, and they've added a condemnatory tone to what Jesus says in response. They have read first century culture through the lens of their respective cultures, and that's not often recommended. More recent scholars have told us that the first century context for marriage was very different from what we know. Women in that day had no rights. And as Dr. Caroline Lewis has written, it would not have been her fault, if you want to use that word, that she had been married five times. Men in that culture could issue a certificate of divorce for any reason, real or imagined. Women had no power whatsoever to do so. Scholars have suggested that perhaps she was not able to have children and men divorced her for that repeatedly one after another. Others have said that she was perhaps in a Levirat marriage, the rules of which meant that if your husband died before you had a child, you were passed then to that man's brother. And if that person died before you had a child, you were passed then to the next brother or male relative and so on. Who knows what she had endured? She wouldn't have had a choice. Being passed from one man to another Jesus did not seem to judge her, nor does he say anything about a need for forgiveness. This has been her life, and it's undoubtedly been a difficult one. Some writers think that that may be why she was coming to the water 
to get water at the well in the hottest part of the day because very few people would have been there and she was probably trying to avoid them. So Jesus saying she has had five husbands is one way that he shows her that he knows and understands the difficulties of her life and how painful it has been. And she finds in Jesus, in this one conversation, safe space, shelter, welcome, refuge, peace, belonging, connection. It's his next point of contact as he skips a rock into that community. Then Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. And she thinks, could it be that the man standing before her is the life-giving, soul-healing, living water Messiah who knows her and meets her and steps into the midst of her life and all that it has been? The woman then goes back to her neighborhood when the disciples show up, leaving her jar behind. And when that happens, I think that's when we know that rock has made connection and the ripple effects start to occur. Because she who had been living in the shadows has now been empowered as an evangelist. She starts to boldly tell her story of her encounter with Jesus when she gets back to her home. She says, come and see. And people do. She invites them to know Jesus as she has met Jesus and says, come see the person who knows the deepest parts of who I am. And she offers some of that living water to them, that water that is so impactful that it comes into us and changes us and cannot help but overflow on to someone else. Then Jesus comes and stays in that community for two days and watch the ripple effect as wave after wave spreads from one side of that neighborhood and village to the other. Many more, scripture says, in the community profess their faith in Jesus and declare him as their savior. That impact started with a single conversation, a single contact, And we watch the ripple effect go as far as it possibly can. It's beautiful. What about you? Have you skipped any rocks lately across a body of water into someone else's life, perhaps? Work, community, your neighborhood? When's the last time we skipped a rock of faith into a situation? How have you made contacts with others to touch the water of life around you with faith in Jesus Christ? When I was in high school, each student was required to take a year of study hall That was the way that the school system funneled hundreds of us through their driver education program. So I remember one year in high school, I had study hall. 
And there were these long tables in the very large cafeteria with hundreds of us spread all around and very few people were actually studying. But I remember one day when I was sitting there doing some homework, the person beside me handed me a note and it fit in the palm of my hand, had my name on it. I began to unfold it and inside was someone's story of a very personal crisis. And she asked me what God would think and asked for advice on what to do. There was no name on the note. I remember looking up to see if anybody was looking at me to see if I could have some clue of who had sent it and no one was looking. I asked the person beside me who sent the note and he said he had no idea. It was one of the hundreds of people in there. He said, all I knew is someone passed it to me and it had your name on it. He said, and when you're done, I'm just going to pass it back. So as I read the note, I put my homework aside and I started praying. Lord, what do you want me to say? Who do you need me to be for this person? I prayed and prayed. And as I sat there and prayed, somehow, by the grace of God, words started to come out of that pencil. And before the bell rang, I folded the note back up. And I just handed it back to the person beside me. And I saw him hand it and on and on. And I lost track of it. I never knew who had sent it in the first place. I thought it was strange. And I have prayed for that anonymous person over the years, off and on. I told a friend of mine that afternoon how I thought it was strange. And I said, why in the world would that person have sent it to me? And she said it didn't sound strange to her at all. She said, that person knows you or has heard about you and knows that you are safe, that you're a Christian, and that you deeply care about people. She said, it doesn't sound strange to me at all that they would have sent it to you. It was sobering. I remember thinking, oh, for all the times I have messed up my Christian witness, I thank God that there were some times in high school when I got it right. And that God could use me to make an impact, cause a ripple effect that reached someone else's life in that pond. It goes back to how Jesus skips stones when he goes out of his way to make contact with someone else time and time again on the water of a community to build a witness with our words, our actions, and how we live out our faith and how we make it real for someone else. The impact is that ripple effect, the ripples of how we share and live out our faith What better way to dive in more deeply in faith than by sharing it with someone else? I have a friend who told me several years ago that she got brave at work one day when she heard that one of her co-workers had a mom who wasn't doing well. She said, when I got brave, I went down the hall and I 
poked my head into his office and I said, I know we don't normally talk about these things at work, but I'm a Christian and I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for your mom and for you and your family. And she said he got a strange look on his face and she was pretty sure she defended him. So she just went back to her office. And she said weeks went by and whenever she saw him, she wasn't sure if she'd say something or not. But she would say, how's your mom doing? I'm still praying for y'all. And then weeks later, after the man's mother had passed away, he came down the hall and poked his head in her office and said, "Um, I just wanted to thank you. And I wanted to tell you when you said something to me that day that you were praying for my mom, I hadn't thought about faith or church in 20 years. And when you said that, It made such a difference to me and my family in the midst of what has been so hard to know that you were praying for us and we were not alone. Where do you go to church? My wife and I would like to come with you. And sure enough, that next Sunday, she and her husband met this man and his wife at their church and they sat together And they've been coming to that church ever since. That man is now leading a small group. Do you see the pattern? One point of contact after another as she got prayed and Jesus kind of skipped the stone of her faith into the midst of that community of work and watch the ripple effects that occur. This is our witness. And our witness matters. As a missionary friend of mine says, if you cannot talk about Jesus, no one can stop you from being Jesus, right? To put skin on our faith for someone else through actions and words and our character and our willingness to intentionally build relationships with others and love our neighbors well to be safe space for someone else and to know and see and recognize the difficulty in someone's life and connect with them in the midst of it and share a relationship with Jesus. As someone has said, act in such a manner that you are living proof of a loving God. This is what Jesus did for the woman at the well. This is then in turn what the woman at the well did for the rest of her community. This is what my friend did at work. It's what God helped me to do years ago back in high school. This is what Jesus empowers us to do. Let Jesus toss us in where we live and work, where we go to school to toss ourselves in for a genuine point of contact. It can start with a single stone, a single word, a single prayer, a single conversation, a single act of kindness and grace.
then watch the ripples start and spread. In John chapter 4, it spread through the entire village. What could happen here? Not only in our church, not only where we work, not only where we go to school, but in all of Stafford. If we begin those points of contact one by one and share our faith with someone else. May you be empowered by Christ to share faith with others. What better way to dive in more deeply in faith than by sharing it and putting skin on it for someone else. Let Jesus toss us in and watch the ripple effects that occur. Amen and amen. Would you pray with me? Oh God, God who has been skipping stones for centuries, using us to make faith real and put skin on it for someone else again and again and again. Lord, we offer thanks this day for that person who shared faith with us, that person who invited us to church, that person you used to make a difference in our lives to show us to be living proof of you, our loving God. We give you thanks for all of those persons and show gratitude to you for how we became those ripple effects from someone else. And now, Lord, we want to be the one that you use to make a ripple effect in another's life, in our community, in Stafford. Use Ebenezer Church. Skip the stone of who we are into your plan, Lord. For this community, this place, and use us to make that impact that spreads from one side to the other as far as it can go. Use us as individuals, use us as families, use us as a church. Because, Lord, we want to be used by you to make your love real for others. And Lord, this day, we know we don't always get it right. We mess it up a lot. And so we ask for forgiveness for all those times when our witness is not what you want it to be. When we say something we wish we hadn't said, we do something we wish we hadn't done. We don't do something that we feel like you wanted us to do or we don't say something we feel like you wanted us to say. Lord, forgive us. Dust us off and toss us back in again that we might honor you with our words, our prayers, our conversations, every point of contact we have with someone else. Use us, Lord, for your purposes and your glory. And we pray too, Lord, this day for all kinds of concerns, for those in our midst who are going through difficult times, for those who need safe space for one reason or another. 
the prayers of our community, the prayers of our nation, the prayers of the globe. And in particular this day, Lord, we pray for the whole difficult situation in Afghanistan. We lift it to you, all those who are impacted by it, struggle in the midst of it, and pray for wisdom. Lord, today, may we honor you in all that we do and who we are. As we pray the words that you have taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.